0: And we're back with episode 26 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reggie, the co-host. Russ. And today, no guesting on the show, just going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft and about really our tiers of the best teams in college football. Russ, let's jump right into it as far as the draft goes. What do you think about the Falcons pick at number eight?
1: You know, I liked uh, I liked the pick a little bit, and I also extremely disliked it. Um, B. John Robinson, obviously a great player. Nothing against the guy. I think I think he's going to do great on the Falcons. Um, but it's weird taking a running back um, after your running back just rushed for 1,000 yards last year.
0: As a rookie.
1: As a rookie. and And instead of building up an offensive line, you go and try to replace him, which is super odd to me. I'm not. I mean, I think B. John's going to do great, but we just had a guy kind of break out, and now we're trying to replace him.
0: I was at a loss for words with the pick. I'm not a huge NFL fan. I'm not a huge, like I'm not crazy about the Falcons, like I am about the Dogs, obviously. But at the pick, when they picked B. John Robinson, I was at a loss for words. I couldn't, I couldn't get words out. I couldn't because they're so many other needs for this team to get to the next level, to be a playoff team, to be a Super Bowl contender that needed to be addressed at this pick, or later in the first round if they traded the pick, then getting a running back. And, you know, I'm one of these people who, I'm a little optimistic about this Falcons team. I think they have a, a decent shot at making the playoffs. The division is weak. You know, Desmond Ritter, I like him as a quarterback. I think they've done well in free agency, but I thought a good draft class would definitely put this team over the top. But then they'd pull this crap, and they go and get a running back, and I'm not so angry about them picking a running back. I just wish they would have used a fourth round or fifth round pick on a running back because there is great value for running backs later on in the draft. You can get nearly the same production that Bijan will have with a later pick. Picking a guy like Kenny McIntosh, picking a guy like Tank Bigsby. There's plenty of backs in this class. There are plenty of good back starter backs that could start in the NFL, and this just it confused me. Russ, what's a pick, or can you name me a pick that you did not like in the first round? Um, Besides the Falcons, obviously.
1: You know, I would have to go with 12 Jamar Gibbs um, with the Detroit Lions. You know, I don't like, I mean, I like the player, obviously. I think he's, I mean, he's super fast. He's really good. Um, But I don't see him as a first-round pick. Um, to me, he is more of you know uh, a late second round, early third round guy. Um, just because he's a running back, you know, running backs don't normally go high. And didn't the Lions trade up for him, or yeah. did they have they they, they trade traded up, up, up pick. to pick this guy? Obviously, they knew that DeAndre Swift was leaving. I guess at the time, but um, yeah, that's not my favorite
0: pick. What about you, Reed? That pick's obvious to me. A pick that I thought is also a player that I think is going to be a great NFL player, and it's definitely not going to go down as like a bust pick or a bad pick. But the Seattle Seahawks at number five, they picked Devin Witherspoon, cornerback at Illinois, and I think he's by far the best corner in this class. But at five, you had the ability to pick Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson, who I think are two – I think they're the two best defensive prospects in this class. I put Tyree Wilson above Will Anderson – Tyree Wilson has a great pressure rate. He's long. He's physical. Um, he's got he's bigger, his frame is he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. I think once that foot injury he has clears up, I think he's gonna be a great NFL player. And, you know, they went, they went corner, and I think, you know, they had but they addressed a need at least. They didn't just go, oh, let's pick a running back, let's pick, let's pick whoever, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think, you know, Keeley Ringo
1: dropped all the way down to number 105. Like, and we were talking about him being some kind of first-round pick guy.
0: Yeah. Is that surprising to you? You know, going into this draft, I had a feeling Keeley Ringo would be picked second round. That's If I was betting on the draft, I would have said, Keely Ringo, second-round pick, book it. It's going to happen. And he fell out a day two, which really shocked me. And I was sitting here going, why, why is he, why is he falling? Why is he falling? And there are reasons that we do not know. Maybe it's, maybe it's something completely outside of football why he fell out. I don't know. But I really like his landing spot. I like that he can grow as a corner or, heck, he can play safety in the NFL, the thing about Kyler Ringo is that he has an elite side and speed combination that you cannot find. You can find it rarely in corners. He's got size, he's got speed, he's got length, he's got everything you want as a corner. He's just a little kind of raw and, and kind of just a raw prospect. He's a project for the NFL.
1: I agree. And, you know, we're talking about where the draft's gone. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles love Georgia up there. <laughs> you know, with all the people they've picked, um, with Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo and Jalen Carter in this draft and um Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean in the last draft, that may be a big problem for some teams, you know, that didn't you say somewhere that they said that um Philadelphia picks Georgia players they 'cause they're they're winners. Yeah, I saw something. They're used to the confetti falling.
0: Well yeah, uh, and Howie Rosenbaum, the GM, or he's vice president of operations, or I th- he's the GM, I think, at the Eagles. He, you know, Nick Sirianni came down to Georgia practice last year, and they asked him, "Which guys do you like?" And Nick Sirianni said, "All of them." And I think there's a big emphasis. You know, people are starting to notice these Georgia guys, especially in the last two draft classes. You know, oh well, they got this freak athlete, freak athlete, freak athlete, freak athlete. But this isn't anything new. This isn't anything new to Georgia fans. Ever since Kirby Smart came in, he has done a fantastic job at developing these young men into pro football players, into guys that can come on an NFL roster and make an impact right away. And I think that's so critical and so huge to recruiting high school kids to show them, hey, look, you put in the work for three or four years, or heck, six years, like Stetson Bennett. You can go in the first round. You can go the second round. You can be anything you really want to be when you come in and commit to this program fully.
1: Yeah, I agree. But um, also you have guys like Kenny McIntosh, who about didn't get picked, and Kiaris Jackson, who signed a deal after the draft. Um, that's kind of – Kenny McIntosh falling all the way to number 237,
0: kind of surprised me. Uh, it shocked me. You know, Kenny McIntosh. Somebody told me the other day, they go, oh, he's too slow. I wouldn't want Kenny McIntosh. He's too slow. Kenny McIntosh ran a horrible 40 time out of 4.64, four, I think. Yeah. He's a lot faster than that in a game. He's elusive. He's quick. He's, you know, he's he's a great receiving back. When I saw him at two, in the 200s, I was just, I was shocked because I thought there's a team out there. There's such a need for running backs that can, can run the ball in between the tackles and also go out and catch the football. And I think that's what the NFL is shifting towards. And, you know, after Bijan John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, everybody's like, oh, what running backs, running backs, you know, we're going to worry about next year. We're going to worry about it whenever. But there's a there's a good running back class this year. And I think a lot of people missed out on a good player in Kenny McIntosh.
1: Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks definitely got a good one. Um Kieris Jackson not being drafted, uh, was that a surprise to you, or did you think that was going to happen?
0: It's hard to tell when you go to day three on where guys are going to get picked because a lot of people lose focus on the draft after the first two rounds. Everyone's like, "Oh, whatever, what the heck?" You know, we don't know who's going to get picked where. I didn't know if he had done enough to be picked. One thing I think definitely has hurt him is that he hasn't played a whole lot in the past two years. He's been kind of here and there because of some really unfortunate injuries, some really unfortunate, you know, Just he just got unlucky. He wasn't able to get on the field for a full season. And I think that's definitely hurt his draft case. I think he's definitely talented enough to make an NFL roster and play for a few seasons. And who knows, as if he got the opportunity, it's up to him now for what he wants to do with it.
1: Yeah, and I I'm really big on Kier Jackson, you know, he's from around here. Um coached by our current coach for football and um you know, he's a, I think he he was really a role player on on Georgia this year. He had a small role in the offense, but I feel like he has the potential to go out there and show people what he can do. Um and possibly be a wide receiver three, wide receiver two. I don't I don't know that he's a wide receiver one at all. But yeah, I think I think
0: the Tennessee Titans got a good one. Russ, probably the most surprising pick to me would be this one right here. Stetson Bennett going in the fourth round. What did you think about that? <sighs> you
1: know, the Rams, they're uh they like their Georgia quarterbacks, obviously. Um I'm not big on the pick. Uh, that could have been used for you know cornerback. They had they got rid of Jalen Ramsey in the off season. Um, you know anything else besides Stetson Bennett? I really, I mean, they drafted him. I know because he's a competitor and he wants to win, but he will never be a starting quarterback ever.
0: Russ, listen to what I read. This was an ESPN article this past weekend. The Los Angeles Rams this is, this is all rumor and speculation. We're trying to groom Stetson Bennett into t- attempting to make him their starting quarterback after Matthew Stafford. What do you think about that?
1: You know, I think there's too much to be groomed. He's uh <laughs> he the way Kirby Smart used him in their, in the offense at Georgia is just a different kind of trust and I don't know that anybody else can He's do that. A product because,
0: of Todd Monkin's offensive geniusness.
1: Yeah, I mean, Stetson was a role player, and he could throw the football. I mean, Todd Monkin drew up everything he could to make Stetson successful, so, you know. Well,
0: and something else that hasn't really been addressed a whole lot was how Todd Monkin you know, he kind of catered to Stetson's needs as a quarterback. Stetson Bennett cannot stand in a pocket and throw clean pocket, unclean pocket. He needs throwing lanes. He needs to be able to see. He's not a very big guy. You know, he and you're playing with a bunch of six five linemen. You know, he's got to they got to get him outside the pocket and in some free space where he can really see the whole field. Russ, something that I saw today, um Chargers coach Brandon Staley put out talking about TCU being on the same level as Georgia and Alabama as far as production of players and as far as their football programs go. Russ, what do you think of that idiotic take?
1: Well, I mean, it's obvious that that's not true. Um, we saw it in the national championship game that that Georgia, especially, is way better than TCU. And that's on 65-7, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Alabama... Probably I mean they they probably could have beat Georgia this season if they wanted to. You know? That's uh that's something to think about. Um they didn't have their best year on, you know, completing games and
0: stuff, but um Alabama's still Alabama at the end of the day. Yeah, Alabama would kill TCU. Well, you saw what they did to Kansas State in the bowl game. They beat Kansas State by thirty points and Kansas State beat TCU. You can do what you want with that information. I have some numbers to back that up over the past five seasons, because I this has really just ticked me off today and just put me over the edge all afternoon. Georgia's sixty and ten over the past five seasons, record-wise. Well, we're not going to postseason where this is just that's just for the record. Alabama is sixty-two and seven. Russ, guess TCU's record. Thirty and 25. You bet on the money. 36 and 26, Georgia. This this just set me off today, Russ. I, I can't I couldn't even speak when I heard this quote. I think, you know, people were, you know, oh, well, Georgia wasn't that good. Weak schedule. Ah, but you remember the Missouri game? You remember the Missouri game? You remember the Ohio you State, remember game? State? You remember Kent State? You remember Kent State? This team wasn't this is great. This team You know, and then they put 62-7 to on you. Well, TCU was overmatched. TCU didn't stand a chance. It wasn't a fair game. Boring national championship. But then we fast forward three, four months. TCU's on the same level as Samus. They're not. They're not as far as development. They're not as far as recruitment. They're not as far as just football. When you line up 11-on-11, offense and defense, special teams, backups, your scout teams, they, Georgia's better at every single aspect of the game. And yeah, and we talk about it all the time. I mean, the SEC
1: is the best conference in the nation. Mm-hmm. And anybody who doesn't play in it is not going to be better than it. And, you know, I started, Russ, this
0: quote. Besides this, maybe Clemson. This one, Ohio State too. or Ohio State. This one simple, you know, statement by the Chargers – Coach, made me draw up a pyramid of the tiers in college football. Let me know what you think about this. So my tier one, and this is just the top tier teams, I have Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Those are my top three teams in the country, top three programs over the past decade or so, i say five years.
1: You could throw Clemson in that if you you wanted to. Yeah,
0: they're my tier two just because last years haven't been great. But, I mean, I think they're on the verge of Tier 1 status. Tier 2, I have LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma. Do you think of any more teams that could go in that? What would you say? Tennessee. I haven't put Tennessee in there. Oh. Oklahoma what? LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma.
1: I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right <laughs> now.
0: My Tier 3 was, this is kind of my last tier. I didn't go up. Really, fully in depth. I had um Florida. Boy, heck,
1: now I'm forgetting. Florida. Heck, dude, you could put Florida at Daggum your fifth or sixth tier.
0: Uh, well, they had a good couple of years with Dan Mullen. I thought Dan Mullen got oh, fired, man, but through. Anthony Richardson is just so good. That's going to be a the pick. That you know, I'm going to hold my tongue on it because usually whatever I say is completely wrong, and I hate the pick. But at the same time, if he pans out, the Colts are going to look like geniuses in five years. But I don't see him panning out. I can't even forget where I was about my tier. I had Florida, Texas, because Texas had a, has had some decent years. They're not back, though. I think they will be this year. And I mean, I can't even remember when I was. Michigan. Michigan's a good good program. They've built up. They're good until
1: they play the dogs. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm saying? That's
0: about the dang truth. Russ. One more thing before we go. Going into the summer, as we get closer to summer, what is one? I want a record prediction right now of the dogs go in twenty twenty three. How many games they play? Play twelve regular season games. Twelve regular season, post-season games. postseason, SEC championship, playoff semifinal, Natty.
1: You tell me. You tell me yours real quick. I'm gonna look up the schedule real quick.
0: As on. T- from today, I'm going 15-0. I got, I got them going undefeated. I don't see a team right now. Obviously, my record prediction might change throughout the the summer and as we get closer to fall. There's not a team on the schedule that's better than Georgia. There's not a team on the schedule that is favored against Georgia. Alabama won't be better than Georgia. LSU will not be better than Georgia. Whoever they meet in the playoffs will not be better than Georgia. It's a matter of... This season's up to Georgia, I think. Really, this team on whether on how far they want to go because I think they have more talent, they have better coaching, they have better development, and they have more depth than anybody else. But it's kind of up to them to determine how far they go.
1: I like I like your pick with fifteen and zero. Um, the only place I could see would be Tennessee. Obviously, they're playing in Knoxville. Mm. Which is going to be tough, obviously. Um, they also play Florida in Jacksonville, mm. which is, I guess, is kind of home for Florida. But um, that's another thing; they need to move that game back to. I want to go back either side. I want
0: to go back to go home and home every year. You know, where you play in Athens, you play in games, where you play. In, I think it's going to be a lot better for the for the rivalry. I think it could also be a lot better for recruiting for both schools. How You can't hold recruiting trips for your biggest rivalry because you're playing at a neutral site in a post-stadium. Yeah. And it's always pouring down rain there. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Dog Football Weekly. We hope you enjoy